Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warden. My guest today is Bernardo Pinto. Bernardo lives in and is from Brazil, and he's the technical director of an import business called Zahil Importadora. That's it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Okay, so just tell me about your early life in Brazil. Obviously, where were you, where were you born? I was born in Belo Horizonte. Right, okay. Which That's is... Uh, a very humid place, isn't it? Uh, humid? No, no, no not no. that much. No, okay. no, no, no. We have the Fiat there, so it's quite a well-known place for Italians. Right, okay. A relatively well-known, well-known Where, place. Whereabouts is it? Is it in the, it in the middle of the country? It's in Brazil, but 600 so kilometers away from Sao Paulo or 500 from Rio. So is it on the coast then? No, no, it's not. It's uh, Minas Gerais, the state. It's like uh, general mines. So it's a mining area, right. mountainous. Okay, so you mine wine rather than mining, mining I, stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's what I try to do. So how did you get into to wine? I started working as a, a waiter when I was still in school, and it went wild from there. I fell in love with wine, started studying, and then traveling, and then selling wine. So was that like a holiday job in a restaurant? or Something like that, yes. Did, uh, you, leave, did you bail out of school early? or Not really, no, no, no. I did the whole thing. So you did the university? Yeah, well, sort of, yes. Gastronomy university, so it's not. Oh, okay. It's not like uh, physics. Why did you choose gastronomy? You good? Do you, do you like cooking? You... I I do, but I was really involved with the whole restaurant, wine, food thing. So. But why though? Where did that come from? Were your parents know. great cooks? Not really. No, we always sit around the table to just to chat and talk and live our lives in our family or in our area, maybe in Minas. They're not particularly involved with food, but we. We eat a lot. Right, okay. Well, you're, quite, you're still quite slim. I mean, you, you know, you, you've, got <laughs> the, you know you are, you've got a body. You've got a, you, look, you could be a rugby player. Could I? Yeah, you got kind of... I'd like that. You know, you're quite a stocky lad, but you're not, like, overweight at I all. Sh- I should have tried it. Yeah, and you could be Father Christmas. You've got a fantastic beard as well. <laughs> okay, so you got into food and wine. So what was your big break, your first proper job in the wine industry, or the food and wine industry? Uh, I started organizing tastings because I knew how to organize Events, food events. Why? Was it, did you organize birthday parties and stuff? Right? Something like that. <laughs> no, no, just working in a restaurant, you have to learn to do whatever you, you need to. Because it's like, it's like I don't know, you have to improvise all the time. Yeah, organize chaos. Yeah. So I started organizing wine tasting events without being actually in the wine trade. And I, it was so interesting and I could taste interesting things. So I started studying and I went from there. Just, How old were you at that time? 18, 17. How old are you now? 35. Okay. So, right, let's do the intervening 17 years in the next five seconds. Okay. Uh, I started working for a distributor, then I started doing WST courses, and very quickly I was invited to move to Sao Paulo and sort of manage the, the company's portfolio, the same company, Sahil. So I've been there for 12 years now. Okay, so how does distribution work in, in Brazil? Is it regional or do you have national distributors or both? It's national in theory, but it's such a huge country that uh, it's quite localized. And since since uh, taxation is very complex in Brazil, it's getting more and more localized. Right to simplify the paperwork. Yeah, and to avoid being too expensive. Right. Bringing uh, wines that are, that become too expensive. So, market. is it a very price sensitive market? Is that in all categories or oh, the high end or? 
It was looking good a few years ago, but now we just went back to relatively or very cheap wine anyway. Because of the economy? Yeah. Yeah, because it's bankrupt, isn't it, basically, Brazil? It's messy. I wouldn't say bankrupt, because yeah. we've become more stable in the last maybe couple of decades, but still, it's quite messy. It's still a bit up and down, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how does that affect your purchasing situation? Obviously, you don't want to hold too much inventory, I guess. For a few years, I stopped looking for new wines. So just trying to work with, with with what I had. We eliminated some of the most expensive wines from our listings. You drank them? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> Not all of it, but uh, a lot of it. And we started, we moved to secondary areas when looking for new wines. So, so what is a secondary area? So help, give me that in an, in an Italian context. So, so you're, you, instead of buying Brunello, you're buying Rosso. Is that the, what you're saying? Oh, it's worse than that, I'm sorry right. to say. Yeah, instead of buying Tuscan Sangiovese, we would buy Sangiovese di Romagna or Umbrian Sangiovese. The original home of Sangiovese, then? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 So, uh, so maybe not such a stepward, uh, backward step. Definitely. A stepward well, backs, I could say. <laughs> so I'll say backward step instead <laughs> yeah, at least in the eyes of the public it's a bit of a so is it very label driven then are the people very aware of the sort of brands and um, perceived value in particular yeah, brands in a way that you could say that the areas of grape varieties are brands in Brazil so people do recognize those names and they stick to the names they know so brand commercially commercial brands as well but also great names and famous areas so what's hot at the moment you say there are economic pressures so that's changed the way or the style of wines that you're showing well what is working really well for you at the moment Italian wine wise in Brazil so pretty much that. Uh, we, we've been doing a nice uh, job with uh, new Sangiovese di Romagna. We have a couple of very good uh, uh, wines from Abruzzo that work fine because they have the quality and they have the price, so it works. It's a red wine and a white wine from a, reg- a famous region. The Traviano and um, Montepulciano, yeah. yes. Yeah. So it works. We're just moving towards Barbera from outside the classic areas in Piemonte. So alternative but still with recognizable grape names or areas. What, I mean, what about the cuisine there? I mean, those, all of those were fairly sort of big wines. I mean, maybe the Sangiovese di Romano can be a big one. It can not necessarily be one, but they're all very food friendly, um, as most, I think, Italian wines are. So what are people eating with those kind of wines? So I think there's uh, three main things that we have to consider when we talk about food in Brazil. One is we do eat a lot of meat, yes. So it works with those wines. So that's a lot often grilled, is that correct? Yeah, barbecue, yeah, churrasco. Okay. We eat a lot of meat. Are you a in, car- in the south and southeast. Are least. you quite carnivorous? Yes, definitely, yeah. So a stocky lad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's me. That yeah. used to be me. I'm trying to tune it down yeah. for, the, for the world's sake, actually, for the Yeah, that's sake. true. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, grain. is Seven kilos of grain for one kilo of meat. It's crazy, and water as well. Yeah. But, well, we do eat a lot of meat. Okay. Then Italian cuisine is very strong in Brazil. There's a very strong influence from Italy, a lot of uh, descendants. So we do eat a lot of Italian food, let's say pasta in many ways. So they're, they have an affinity with uh, Italian wines. And then our, let's say, typical Brazilian food doesn't have to do, doesn't have a thing to do with uh, red, bulky wines. Okay, so do, what, are, what are typical Brazilian dishes then? Fish, pork, although you could have red wine with pork. It's, I don't know. Um, lots of vegetables, fruit, obviously. Are they steamed or boiled? Uh, both, and other ways as well. So many different ingri- ingredients, exotic, like spicy things, or things that actually can anesthetize your palate. Anesthetize your palate. An- yeah. Anesthetize, thank yeah. you. Uh, anesthetize your palate. So they're going to either, either deaden it or they can clean it up, yeah? Just like you, can t- you can't taste anything. Or they uh, clean your palate. They clean your palate. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's a cleanser. Uh, in a way, yes, yeah. but it's weird because it tastes weird when in contact with uh, okay. with wine. It's not obvious to think about wine and those ingredients. So what about the what about the chance sales channels? Do when they buy wine or when people buy wine in Brazil, is it going to the local wine shop or is it going to the local restaurant and ordering wine in a restaurant? Is there a big difference? Is there a big price differential between the margin or the actual price in a restaurant to um, a shop? Oh, there is. Yes. So there uh, a big markup. There is a big markup. If for our standards, well, like sixty percent, even more, hundred percent is common. But that's uh, that's less than than other countries other established countries for wine but still it makes a huge difference in Brazil because the base price is very high because we have a lot of taxes and you have um, I imagine getting stuff to Brazil is a bit expensive as well it's quite expensive yes but I have to say freight costs from Europe to a Brazilian port are about the same as freight costs from the port to the cities really or or even less depending on where you're shipping so it can be very expensive and so it's a product for for the few as most Brazilians don't have a lot of cash, economic power. But there's a lot of people who actually have money and are very interested in wine. So those guys would buy, yeah, on the, every, every well, more and more they're buying in supermarkets because supermarkets actually have the wines now. They treat the wines relatively well now. As in terms of storing the them and, yeah. Yeah, and having wise. a fine selection, quality wines, having somebody to help you with the wine, um, with picking the wines. We used to buy a lot from, from the importers directly but the Brazilians are among amongst the most earliest adopters of new technology so 25% of wine drinkers in Brazil actually buy online really and that's the third market online in the world not in volume but in uh, percentage of buyers Wow so there's uh, something like the US Japan and Brazil so they're buying from local distributors or? They're buying from either or the shops. importers or local shops, yes. So you can basically buy direct, you can import wine, put it in a warehouse, yep. presumably there's some customs papers to do. Do you have to pay an import tax? You have to pay a lot of yeah. taxes and you have to pay them up front. So before they get inside the country, you have to pay everything and you might get some credit back for paying too many taxes when you nationalise. Well, that's quite a good idea. If you have those up front, you've got to pay the supplier, yeah. the winery, and then you've got to pay the transport. And you've got to pay the tax up front. Yes. So the idea that almost as soon as that wine lands, you've got somebody that online can order it and pay you. Yeah. And get it out and yes, sell it. Yeah? That's true, yeah. Do you, a mix, a mix, a Brazilian is very curious. Are they like mixed cases or do they just like a wine? Right, we had an X, X red, the multiple Gianni, do I just, right, we'll, have, we'll order a box of that. Or do they want six of them, six whites? No, they, they, they do mixed cases. They, they do? Buy, yeah, to buy everything and just try to find things that they, that they like. Mm. And then they'll buy things that are at the right price point. So it's a very price sensitive market. It is, yes. So if I'm an Italian producer uh, and I want to succeed in the Brazilian market, what what are the tips you're going to give me? So first of all, you have to know what you want. So what's the type of distribution that you want to make? If you want to build a a name for your products, for your company, or you just want to uh, get rid of volume, whatever. So you can pick a partner because you have to pick a good partner. And obviously there are people who don't know what they're doing. There are people that are not honest about what they're doing. So you have just to be careful and pick a good partner that will do the job that you want to to do. And you have to collaborate. You have to be there. Really? Brazilians are very emotional as 
people might recall from I don't know uh, football games or other things. Yeah. So we like people, we like the places we visit, and we tend to remember those people in those places. So people who go and and visit the country actually sell better just because they look at the person. Yeah. yeah, personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a bit like Italy, right? I yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, there's I suppose initially you could say that you have to win somebody's trust. Yeah. And the best way of doing that is with face to face. Maybe it's very hard to build a rapport with somebody over email in Italy. I found it's impossible. Yeah. In fact, it's not that hard to make uh, friends with Brazilians, but yeah. still, you have to be there. You have to be seen. Okay, so where's the market going to be in in five years' time? All things going well for Italian wine? <laughs> After the last elections, yeah. I have no idea. Well, yeah. No. Uh, yes, I'm optimistic. Everything has changed for the better in the last year and a half, except for maybe the, the political situation. We don't know. We're unsure. We're always unsure about that in Brazil, actually, so it's not a big change. I don't know. We're, we've been more stable in the last two years. People are back to wine. People who, who stop drinking wine every week, let's say, are back to drinking wine. I mean, is beer, is beer much cheaper there? Oh, definitely, right, yes. So basically, if you can't afford wine, you're going to go back to the beer, yeah? oh, And uh, don't get me started on cachaça. Right, OK. Which is a local spirit, yeah? <laughs> it's distilled from uh, sugar cane. And it can be very cheap because it's not very well regulated. Yeah, and they give you free aspens when you buy it as well. Yeah. 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 A lot of water too, yeah. uh, I'd recommend. Like, that's what pools worth. But that's for the bad quality cachaça. Yeah. There's very high quality cachaça anyway. But yes, people would drink beer and they would drink cachaça. And there's a lot of competition. They're drinking, well, cocktails are a trend in Brazil as well as in other places. So if you're in Sao Paulo, you'd be amazed with the quality of the cocktail bars. But that's steering people away from wine too. Except that uh, actually sherry is very trendy amongst uh, bartenders. So we're trying to deal with that as well. Yeah, sherry's, sherry's bouncing back, isn't it? As yeah. a, as a, almost like as a brand. Not for the general public in Brazil, but, but uh, amongst the bartenders. Yeah, the geeks. Definitely. The geeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. the, the wine geeks. So what, what, I mean, the, the wine geek, wine geeks in the in the trade, uh, if you walk in and say, you've got some, I've got some Italian wine to sell, what are they hoping that's going to be in your salesman's suitcase? Are they looking for the Brunellos, the Barolos, or are they looking for, I don't know, out-of-the-way native grape varieties that nobody's ever heard of? I mean, I have to tell you, the wine geeks in Brazil are at the same level as wine geeks wherever in the world. So you have people who know the details about winemaking and about the vineyards and about whatever you want from... The shoe size of the winemaker. Really. So the true geeks would be thrilled with orange wines, with non-sulfur wines, with new areas, I don't know, pretty much everything that's going on that's trendy elsewhere. So it does work, but on a very, very tiny scale. It's a niche, but it's there. A niche within a niche within a niche. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then you have a lot of people who travel around the world and they go and buy wine. So you have very important clients for famous wine shops in the UK, in the US, in Italy as well. So there's people who actually who are very, very deep into wine. So final question, when you're in Italy, what's the favorite your favorite region to visit? It could be the landscape, it could be the wine, it could be the food. I was going to say Tuscany. Mm-hmm. So I have to say Tuscany. It's my first thought. Really? Yeah. Okay, and your favorite wines in Tuscany are? Huh. He's going to say Brunello <laughs> and Chianti Classico. I don't know. Brunello, if it's aged, yes. Definitely Sangiovese, but yeah. Honestly, it's Tuscany because of the context. Whereas the landscape wines, as well, you mean? The landscape, the villages, the food, the people, they're very welcoming. It's a lovely place to be, and you have very good wine. But then if you ask me the first wine that comes to mind when I think of Italy, if I want to just have whatever I want, it's definitely Nebbiola. 
Right, okay. It's probably parallel, but other nebulas as well. Cool. Okay. I want to say thanks to my guest today, Bernardo Pinto. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's been great. Um, I don't often interview people who are from Brazil and obviously live there and breathe Brazil. And um, it's a massive, massive, massive country. It is. And it's uh, been on a bit of a roller coaster recently politically. So let's hope everything sorts itself out and the wine market there gets back to a bit of stability, uh, which will make your life easier. And we can get <laughs> you back again and see how things change in the next few years. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey, discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.